This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. The past few weeks, we, we, we've taken an intentional focus on the Word of God. I don't know, y'all been enjoying this Word of God, just looking into what the authority is of the Word of God. I've been enjoying it, and I know I've been talking to individuals after service, and people are just excited about, man, God's Word is awesome. It is awesome, and, and it's so much you can find. Look, the, it, it's a, the, every answer that you need under the sun, you can find in God's Word. Any situation that you're going through, anything that you, you, you're trying to work through, you can find it. God, he will give you. God is all-knowing, and he didn't leave anything. His word doesn't. That's why it, it's, it's, it'll never, ever be a redo of the Bible. There won't be no second, third, fourth, sixth editions. It is what it is. <laughs> it was written, and it is God's word. You know, I pray that all that we've been sharing, you know, really has been ministering to your heart, and you're growing as well. You're getting a fuller understanding of the Bible, and that's what this is about. You know, we're in this Kingdom Now series, and of course, we, we had a focus on the authority of the Word of God as part of the kingdom. You know, kingdom citizens, you know, we have a kingdom manual, right? You do realize that God has given us this manual to help us as kingdom citizens. You know, trying to understand, we, we say all the time, God's Word, man, it is, it is it's alive, and it, it, it is powerful, and it's, we see all those great things. It's active. But do you really understand what that means? You see, when you begin to understand what it means that the Word of God is alive and active and powerful, when you truly understand that, you can put it to work for you. You know, you can make that Word of God be what you need it to be. The Bible is such a fascinating book. It's none like it. Matter of fact, you know, I, I shared from the very beginning that, that the Bible is the book that, you know, it, it's one of the greatest books ever written. It, it, the number of book Bibles, I'm talking about physical Bibles, not even counting our phones. You know, us modern, you know, modernizers, we've gotten to, we, you know, we got the Bible, you know, in our pocket, which is good if you're using it. If you use it. I wonder how many of you use your Bible app more than you use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. But, <laughs> but the Bible is something we have to begin to truly understand. The Bible is not just a book that we read for pleasure. Now, you can be pleasurable when you read it, but it's not something you just read as, as a leisure reading book. Because in this Bible, you know, we have to learn it. We got to meditate on it. We got to study it. We got to spend some time in it. And then there's something that we have to do in, out of this book that you don't have to do in most novels you read. You got to obey it. So you don't just read it and close it up and say, I read today. No, you got to apply it to your life and let it do what God said this word will do. But one thing I want you to understand that the principles, we, we've shared, uh, uh, I think, six principles now, and today will be the seventh principle about the authority of the word of God. This is not an exhaustive study. In other words, what I'm saying is what we've shared so far is not all of the authority of the Bible. Because if I wanted to just focus on the authority of the Bible, we can do that for the rest of the year. And we still won't get through it. 
because that's how deep God's word is. But I, I hope that what we have shared has given you a good foundation to, to get you started. Now you got to now take, take control and you got to spend some time in the word so that you can continue to grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's word. The Holy Spirit will help you. If you ask him every time you open the Bible, I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit first to enlighten me so that you're just not calling words. So that it's, it's going to be mean, meaningful to you and it's going to do something. It's going to settle it in your heart and it's going to be something that you can relate to. And in those moments when you need something, when the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit will bring, bring back to your remembrance. He's not going to bring back to your remembrance words called, but it's going to bring back to your remembrance what you have put in your heart out of God's word. I mean, would you do that? So far we covered six vital truths and I would give you a, a test right now, see how many of you realize, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those teachers that I'm going to give you the answers to the quiz. See, I'm going to be a good teacher today. So, so principles that we've covered already, that the word of God is infallible. You know, and, and the word of God gives us wisdom and knowledge. We need that. The word of God is living and powerful. See, I, the word that we, this, that's why I said it's not just, this is not an ordinary, it's not no novel that we just read, you know, just for leisure. It increases our faith. And it gives us uh, the power to, 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 you know, has the power to heal. And we talked about healing from the physical side as well as the emotional side. And last week, we talked about how the word of God gives us power to defeat the enemy. You know, we got this enemy out there, but there's the word of God that helps us to be victorious over the enemy. And so today, you know, I, I want to share one more principle with you today. Um, and, 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 and it just happened. God, does he, he, he's, he's so timely in how he does things that today we are celebrating, you know, our, our annual Bethel Fellowship Day. And, and so we, we, that's why we all got on these shirts. Those of us who have them on, those of you who don't have them, you need, next time we have one, everybody need to have one. So get your order in now so you can get it next time. And so, uh, but it's befitting that we're going to focus on how the power God's word gives us power to be one. God is something about being unified and one. And so I look around the sanctuary and I see all the, the beautiful shirts and the beat of light. You know, it just makes my heart glad. And I say, man, what a great representation of one. And those of you who don't have the shirts on, don't feel bad. I'm good. You're still part of the one. I want you to feel like you left out because you don't have a shirt on. But that's just a representation. But but it does. It's a great representation when those of you who have done that and come out today. But you know what? Although we address the like, we all have on shirts that, that say, be the light. You know, it doesn't mean that, 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 you know, we're all the same. See, we don't want to confuse unity with uniformity because they are two different things. Y'all do understand. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a little... Lessons. See, uniformity, in uniformity, there's the connotation of sameness. Sameness. But in unity, unity, there's a connotation of, uh, of harmony. And they are different. Harmony and sameness. Now, sameness in uniformity is only reflected on the outside. So we got these shirts on, so we all look alike. But that doesn't mean that we all are alike. But, but, but harmony can only happen when there's a change on the inside. See, you don't see harmony. See, harmony happens on the inside, but it's going to reflect on the outside. 
But 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 when we but but you know when we are unity and sameness, you know uniformity. Anybody, everybody can put on the same outfit and look the same. Yet we can be different. But see, the only way that you're going to have this harmony is, is you're going to have to get it through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. See, you can't just go put that on. You got to get that from the source. And it's only one source that's going to give you that harmony of unity, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when we walk in unity, we understand that we're different. Matter of fact, I recognize your differences, you recognize my differences, and they don't get in the way. You ever seen anybody just can't, you know, get along with people because they're different from them? Any of you that? No, don't put your hand up. Any, any of you like that? But what happens in unity is, even though we are different, the Holy Spirit allows us to understand how we can still come into agreement together. Why? Because it's going to bring God glory. We're all working toward the same goal. We're not working differently. We're working together as one. Amen? Listen, turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. See what God's word says. We're talking about what God's word gives us the power to be one. So we have to go to his word to see what his word says. It's not what I'm making up. It's not my opinion, but it's what God's word says. Beginning at the 12th verse, it says this. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. You notice how many times the word one is mentioned in this passage, in these two, two passages, three passages of Scripture. And I'll tell you, every time you find a word that's repeated, you need to pay attention to it. See, God is something about oneness, something about us being unified together. You know, as I look around the sanctuary right now, and there are those of you that are online as well, you know, I, I, I feel like everybody that's here, even in this very moment, is here by divine appointment. I, I don't believe that you got here by accident. It, it, you know, whether you were born in the church, whether somebody invited you to come, whether you just happened to be going down the street and you decided, let me go in here and see what they're doing up in this place. Whether you came because of a job, opportunity. But I, no matter which way you came, it's by divine appointment. God had destined for you to be here in this moment. In this moment. You didn't just happen to get here. It's part of God's plan for your life. It's part of his plan. I remember the first time we came here. You know, we were just passing through. We were going to check it out. Let's go check that out. Because God was leading us on this path that we didn't know. We were on this journey trying to say, God, where are you leading us? And we came here, I think it was about 21 years ago. We had some other places on our list that we were going, but we never got there. See, because when we got here, we realized God's plan was supposed to be here. So we didn't fight against God's plan. Especially for those of you that are members of this church. I believe that everybody that's a member of this church, God placed you here. It's his plan for you to be here. And there are those of you still coming. 
He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. He's continuing to add to the church daily. And I, I, you know, we don't take membership lightly. Everybody has to go through a process. And they go through the process. Why? Because we want you to understand, first of all, about God and about what it means to become a part of God's kingdom and what it means to be a part of the Bethel kingdom. You know, that's why we call your name out. So the whole world will know that you're a part of us. No, we do that because of our bylaws, not, not to put you on front street. <laughs> but you're a part of a community. You know, this is a community of believers, you know, and we're here to function in one spirit, a united spirit. It's only one. The scripture said one body, one spirit, but many members. But we're still one. I tell you, when you look at the math, it doesn't add up. Because it, it's one church, many members, many members, one. But it's like, man, how can we all, how can we all just be one? Well, I'm going to show you how today, how, how God's word helps us to be one. It's just like an automobile. Think about some, 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 some car parts. Let's say if you took a, let's say a, a steering wheel, uh, you took a, a tire, or you took, radiator holes and all that kind of stuff. They're just parts. They're just parts. Same thing with our physical body. You know, we got different parts of the physical body. But you know what? They all have to work together in unity. You know, if you just found a hand laying around, it's just a hand. Hopefully you'll never find a hand laying around. You know, if you found some parts, you can't do nothing with it without the rest. Just like a car part. You need to have everything together. See, everything has to be functioning together as one cohesive unit, you know, for it to function properly. That's why God talks so much about one, 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 because in order for us to function as the church, as those that are called out to advance his kingdom, we got to be functioning as one unit. That's what Paul is trying to do here in this text. He's trying to convey that, that, that even though the body is many members, we still have to be one. It's still only one body, even though it's many of us. If you look around, there are many people here today, but we're still one. Just one. Many parts. One body. Many parts. One body. Everybody in this room is gifted in some capacity to, to do things to advance God's kingdom. And we got different personalities. We got, you know, I mean, we come from different backgrounds. We, we have different experiences. But we're all vital. We're all part of this cohesive unit. Every one of us is important to the body of Christ. See, there's no spare parts in, in, in the body of Christ. There's no spare parts. Just like if you find a spare part with your vehicle, something is missing. And I declare if there's a spare part with your body, you know something is wrong. But we all the pieces are vital. But since we've been called to walk in unity, guess what? It's important for us to understand how we all fit. Because if you don't understand how we all fit, there's no way you're going to be able to walk in unity, even though we are different. How many of you are different? Anybody in here a clone to somebody else? We're all different, but yet we're still 
when God understood this, he knew that, that, that it was going to be challenging for us to understand this thing. How can we be different but yet be united together as one? Because sometimes differences get in the way. Sometimes the way people think, the way people talk, the way people act, you know, it, it gets in the way of trying to be unified. So it can be a daunting task. But he knew that. That's why he gave us the way to make it happen. See, God, he's so wise. He's just all-knowing. He just, he, he, he just figures it. He knows it all. And he said, I know they're going to have trouble. So I'm going to give them this book. And I'm going to show them how they can do it. But you got to read it. You got to look in the manual. You got to look in the manual. I told you about the time I tried to put that toy together, thinking I knew what I was doing. And then I had some extra parts. But when I looked at the instructions, finally, there were no extra parts. That means I did something wrong, which means it wasn't going to work right. So how can we, how do we do this thing? How do we become unified? How do we walk as one with all the things that are different about us? How, how do we do that? How do we do something that seems so uh, 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 hard to, to accomplish in this life? See, this body is comprised of people from all walks of life, you know, all economic backgrounds and different occupations and all types of things. But it's one thing that if you are part of this body of Christ, if you are a believer, there's one thing that we all have in common. Hmm. The only thing that can cause us to be alike is if we receive Jesus in our lives. You know, that's the thing. You know, when I think about it, I'm like, ah, oh, that's the answer. That's, that's the answer right there. How can we all be alike being different? How can we be unified if we all come from all types of backgrounds and everything? How can we be together as one? Well, the answer is this, Jesus. He's the common thread that makes us one. See, when you come to Jesus, guess what? You, you become brand new. You die to your old self, you get this new self. You know, you become a new creation, but it's not a creation that you shape and form. It's a creation that he has already put together. He already has it. So that means that we all enter into this new birth alike. And so that's the thread right there. Look at what it says in Romans 12 and 5. It says, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body. In Christ. And each member belongs to all the others. Uh-oh. So we're one in Christ, but then we're one with another. That's what the word says. That's how we can be unified. When you take that step in Christ. Now, if you're in Christ and you're still separated, you're still on an island by yourself, you need to get off your island. Let me know. I can send you a boat and we can get you on so you can get into the, get unified. See, we belong to Christ and we belong to each other. I belong to you. You belong to me. Yeah. I see some of y'all looking real strange. Like, Wait a minute, though. I got to, I'm, I'm my own man. You know, I, I don't belong to them. 
No. The word of God says, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. That means that we are all connected. We're all unified together. See, unity is hard, but it's doable. See, we can do this thing if you're willing to allow God to do that. I, I think about, you know, uh, 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 back in my day, my, my mom and my dad used to tell me, you got to put some elbow grease in it. Y'all ever heard that? Y'all ever heard that one? All right. Got to put some elbow grease. What are you talking about? Look, look at what the scripture says first. It says this. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, it says this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. But it goes on to say this, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So what is it saying? It's saying you got to make some effort. You got to do something. It's not going to happen. Unity is not going to just happen because now you got saved. You're going to have to do something to be unified with one another. Now, now one of the chores I had when I was growing up, we had to scrub the kitchen floor. You know, now, only the boys had to scrub the floors. You know, my sister, they didn't have to scrub the floor. They dust the furniture. But, you know, we had these, these, these tile floors in the kitchen and in our foyer area, and we had to scrub them. And back in my day, we didn't have no smop thing. You scrub down on your hands and your knees. So, my, my, my dad's, you know, and trust me, my dad was going to inspect and my mom, when we finish. So the floor better be clean. So they said, I always say, gotta put some elbow grease in it. And I'm like, but that was what he was saying. You gotta put some effort. And just like, just like I had to put some effort to make sure that floor was clean, we gotta put some effort in being unified, being one together. Because it's not gonna just happen. It's not gonna happen if we don't do that. You're not going to get the result you want or the result that's expected if you don't put forth an effort. You'll always be separated. Paul says, make every effort. That's the elbow grease that he's talking about. That's the effort. See, and if we don't do that, we won't be unified together. But, but God, he, he has such a sense of humor. I was looking at this thing and I said, you know what? God is talking about Unified diversity. Now, you know that's an oxymoron, right? Y'all know what an oxymoron is? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Oxymoron. It's like when you, when you put two, uh, two, two words or uh, two phrases together that have opposite meanings. See, because I just said unify. Diversity. That means we're going we gonna to be alike, but we different. Ain't God, but God is something, ain't it? God, God is something. He said, I'm, I'm going to make you be one together, but different at the same time. Now, can't nobody do that but God. How are we going to be unified and diverse? But understand, when God tells us to be one, he tells us to be one in the spirit, he didn't tell us to be the same person. He didn't tell us that. That's why you got to stop trying to be like somebody else. Because God didn't call you to be nobody else. 
See, 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 let me give you this example. My wife and I, we're one in spirit. But we just as opposite as night and day. That's not a bad thing. You say opposites attract. It's what you do with them when you come together. See, because it can be a force against each other, or you can find a common ground. Well, our common ground is our unity in the spirit. Yeah. But we opposites. You know, she, she, she's, go, go, go. I'm like. Check this out first. You know, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. That's how we are, we're different. But we've learned over time because we are unified together how to make that thing work. Sometimes she speed me up, sometimes I'm pressing the brake. But it works. See, see, unity in the spirit does not deny our individual uniqueness. See, it don't mean because you're unified in God that you can't stop being you. God didn't make clones. He could have done that. He could have made us, when we got saved, we all could have been transformed. We walk around, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful name, Jesus. He could have did that. But that's not who he made us to be. He said, listen, it doesn't mean that we lose our uniqueness. See, what it does, it allows us to be united in purpose despite our differences. See, you being different from me shouldn't cause me to not be able to be unified with you in God. Because you look different. Because you grew up different. Or because you believe different. See, but we let differences of the world penetrate, infiltrate the church and we allow it to cause disunity. And we don't understand why God can't get glory and God can't advance his kingdom because we're trying to please man. And we're trying to walk this thing. We're trying to be unified only to a cause versus to the creator. So Jesus, Jesus, he, he, he's the one. So you got to have Jesus to begin this thing, you know, being unified. And the second thing is that you got to know your role. I'm going to say that again. You have to know your role. Say, talk, point to yourself, say me, mine. You have to know your role and fulfill it. See, stop looking across the street or stop looking over there what somebody else is doing. It's, I want to be like them. So you striving all your life to be like somebody else. When God gave you a role. We each have a role. See, when every believer, and I'm talking about the believers right now. When every believer understands his role and begins to walk in it and fulfill it, man, God's kingdom, man, will begin to get advanced so much. Why? Because we know who we are, we know what God called us to do, and we're walking in it. And God's going to get the glory out of that. He is. He's going to get the glory out of that. Listen, the gas tank on a car, if you take a gas tank and laid it down, and you take a tire and laid it down, 
the steering wheel and laid it down. Some lug nuts and laid it down. All those things got a role to play. Now the steering wheel can't be the tire. And the lug nut can't be the radiator hose. Because if you put a steering wheel on a tire, you're going to have some trouble. Vice versa, if you try to put a tire on a steering wheel, you're not going to be able to drive. <sighs> see, God is trying to get us to see, I called you, but I gave you a role. Now, everybody's role is not going to be the same, but everybody's role is necessary. Just like the car. Listen, the gas tank might feel like I'm better than the engine. Because if the gas don't go into the tank, then the engine not going to be able to power up. But while the gas tank is talking about how, how, how great thou art, the gas tank then forgot all about if the gas don't get put in the tank, you don't have nothing to give to the engine. See, all of us are not going to be the same. But every role is necessary. And we have to get to the point where we have to stop looking for the grandiose roles all the time. We always look and we feel like if we're not doing a certain thing, it's insignificant. When you have to understand that every part is valuable and every part is vital, to the whole. Every part. Each part has a purpose toward the common goal. Same way with us in the kingdom. All of us got a part to play. There, there are places and there are people that I can never reach that you can reach. There are things that you do. Miss Jean orchestrates these wonderful trips. Some they just go on to have fun. Some they go on and they do missions work. I can't do that. I don't have those connections. Man, she does it like clockwork. Man, she gets the thing organized and she makes it happen. That's a role. She knows her role. She does that. And she does it well. There are people that usher. They stand on the door every week. They understand, God, that's my role. But they don't look at that and say, I'm, I'm just. See, you're not just an usher. Right. See, we have to stop putting, putting levels on these things that God has called us to do. Because every part is vital. If nobody was standing at the door to open the door to welcome people, what do you think church would be like when people come? If there was nobody outside to, to help people across the street, if it was no ushers to come down the aisle and, and, and smile and pass the bag, if there was nobody here to clean the bathrooms, could you imagine what this church would be like? But does it mean because you clean the bathroom or you out in the parking lot that you're less than the person that's standing up here? Every role. But you have to know your role and begin to walk in it. 
and stop looking across the street at what somebody else is doing and because it looks so grand. Because you don't know what it takes. You don't know. A lot of people say, oh man, I just want to be like the pastor. He get to come in and he has the audience. He get to, I'm trying to tell you, you better ask somebody. <laughs> ask Pastor Jose, he'll tell you. Trust me, it's not easy, but it's the road. And so you press into your role. You say, God, you give me, Lord, let your spirit, God, direct me, give me what I need to, to accomplish the roles that God has called me to accomplish. Greg, because I've seen your accountant here at the church. Now, I'm good in math. My mom's math teacher. But I can't do all the accounting for the church. I can't do that. I, I can't, that's not, that's, that's, that's out of my I got to oversee everything that happens, but I, that's not my thing. You see how important it is? We got people that, that are prayer warriors, prayer leaders. We got people that sing. Everybody can't sing. Everybody can't play an instrument. And even though it looks glamorous that they're up here, you know, but when it's, it's not your calling, it's not what God has for you to do. So what we need to do is say, God, Lord, help me to identify my role so I can fulfill my role so that when we come together as one, we are operating like a well-oiled machine. Because it takes, it's one link to be out. I don't care how many other links are together. It ain't gonna move forward. I ride a bike and the bike got a whole lot of links on so my chain has a bunch of links. And if all the links are connected but one, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. So it's important that we all find our place. I love, I love the way God's word is. Paul, he, he used some very comical illustrations in explaining this principle in 1 Corinthians. Verses 15 through 17. This is what he said. He said, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. You know anybody like that? Oh, if I can't do this, I'm not going to do nothing. <laughs> and if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, <laughs> where would be the hearing? This is, this is the word of God, comical. Think about it. If all you were was a big ear, how you going to see where you're going? First of all, how you going to get anywhere? You can't hear your way down the road. <laughs> it's comical, but it's real. Even in the church, it's real. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? See, you think about it. When you think about the body, human body, what gets the most attention? Think about it. When you walk to greet somebody, you extend your hand, you shake hands with somebody. They ain't looking at your foot. But your feet is what carries you to where they are. 
But they're not looking at your feet. They say, that's great feet. They're shaking your head. We don't extend our feet and greet people. We extend our head. But we walk on our feet. So you see, every part is necessary. Look, the ear don't get the attention that the eyes get. Because the eye, man, the eyes leading us, we can see where we're going. But the ear is listening. And sometimes it can be some danger that the eye may not catch that the ear can hear. You see how every part is critical, every part is necessary. But every role has to do what it's supposed to do. One of the things I, I, I learned very early, the first time I went riding a bicycle, I'm talking about bike, but that's what I'm doing there instead of running, was you don't wear, you don't wear headphones playing a lot, a lot of music. Now, when I used to run, man, I blast music the whole time. Why? Because I'm running on the sidewalk, I'm running on the trail, you know, most of the time, if anything coming up on me, you know, first of all, I'm not in the area. Sometimes I'm running in the neighborhood, a dog can come, I, you know, may not see it. But when you ride a bike in the street, you're watching with your eyes, but you're listening with your ears. So you can hear traffic coming. But if, you, uh, if your mind is all clogged up because, oh, I'm jamming to the music, praise Jesus, and the, and the fire truck coming, I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to see it because I'm not riding the bike this way. Because if I do that, I'm going to be in trouble again. So I'm just trying to get you, I'm just giving you some, 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 some real life examples of why each one of us is important. And your role is critical to advance God's kingdom. Different, but we all serve vital roles in the kingdom. But you got to be able to find your role and do it. Even whether, look, it doesn't matter whether it's this high profile position or whether it's, it's anything else. It may not be glamorous. But if that's what God called you to, God knows you. God is the one who does this. He's the one who gives us our assignments. Y'all do realize that, right? I'm going to show you in the word. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. So you know that that Pastor Charles is not just making this up. What does it say? But now God, not the leader, The scripture says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as he pleases. So God does this. He's the one who shapes us and molds us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So he puts us in areas and assignments that he knows we can handle. Everybody can't work in children's ministry. Everybody don't have patience. I'm going to tell y'all a secret. I probably couldn't work in children's ministry. 
Not in this age. My, my, my kids will tell you, my grandkids come in the house, I'm like, oh, stop, come get, get away, sit, sit, sit. Come, sit. I want them just to sit on the couch like this. And that's unrealistic. So I already know, that's not my calling. <laughs> they tell you, ask them, you ask them. They laughing at me, they laughing at me yesterday. I'm because they were at the house. And all I can hear, doom, 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 doom. every time I turn, I'm running down, snicker. <laughs> but you expect that. God is the one. Now, if you're working with children, and you're always on the edge, and you're always ready to snatch them up, you're in the wrong road. That's not your role. I ain't talking about y'all. I'm just saying. It's the same thing. My role. I, 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 I got a pastoral calling. I can't be a pastor and don't have no compassion. I, I can't be a pastor and don't have no understanding. And, 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 and no. Sometimes they got to reel me in. Sometimes they say, you too compassionate. You too giving. You're too lenient. Where's the pastor's heart? I want everybody to, 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 to be happy, to be successful. To... But sometimes I can't, you know, they got to reel me back. Pastor, you can't do that. You just did that last month. You just helped them last month. If you keep helping them every month, they'll never understand what it means to be independent on themselves of the, in their own right. But I do it every week because it's the heart. That's how God made me. But well, that's not everybody. Somebody be like, nope, I ain't doing that. <laughs> and so you have to understand what your calling is and walk in that thing. See, it's no greater joy than understanding the will of God for my life and being able to fulfill the will of God in my life. Because if I'm fulfilling the will of God for my life and you're fulfilling the will of God for your life, and we're all connected together, we're going to make some stuff happen for God. Because, listen, if I had to come in, sing the worship, do the prayer, do the announcements, run down here, take up, receive the offering, run back and take it to the room, count it up, run back in here, preach, do the altar call and go down to be part of the prayer team and then run out to the parking lot. <laughs> to get people to their cars. How that's going to work? Every piece. Come on, somebody, just look at somebody and say, I'm vital. And it's not being vain. It's not being prideful. You are. You are. See, and every part of the body needs the other part. That, that you know right there, I need every one of you. That's why we encourage you, find your place. Find your place and begin to allow God to use your gifts 
Because we need everyone that's part of the body working together so that the entire body can function the way it's supposed to. Because if you take some of your limbs off, your body's not going to function the way it was set to function. Just like a car. You take parts of a car off, hey, something ain't going to work. You take a tire, try to ride with three tires on a car. Or try to ride on a, on a on, try to ride your, you know, drive down the street with a car with tires on but no lug nuts. And the lug nut compared to the tire is so insignificant. Because most of the time people don't look at the lug nut and say, oh man, the lug nuts are nice. They don't care. Little clips and wires and attachments and different things, every piece is important to the whole. You are important to the whole. Every last one of us. We need each other to advance God's kingdom. See, in God's kingdom, there, there are no big eyes and little U's. It's nothing but a great big us. That's what's in God's kingdom. And when we begin to truly understand that and walk in that, we will find that God, we can advance God's kingdom so much better. So, so I'm about to close, I'm about to close. And so, so what can we do to encourage unity in the body? I'm gonna give you three, 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 three quick points. First, you have to promote unity. See, if you want to be unity, you have to promote it. You want to be unified, you got to promote that thing. So you, shouldn't, you should never be a listening ear to somebody talking disparagingly about somebody else. You should never entertain that stuff. You, you, look, when they come with that stuff, you should automatically, you should be getting, okay, let's have, so, okay, stop right there. All right, let's, let's, work, let's, let's, let's pray first and let's work through this thing. But if you just sit and agree, yep, 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 that's, that's just how they are, yep, yep. Then, then what you're doing, you, you're a part of the disunity that's happening. You done jump right into the fire of being, uh, 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 cutting things off and making things not unified. So you got to promote this thing. <laughs> see, see, unity, I tell you, it, it brings power. And when we do this, it brings power and productivity when we begin to promote it. We're doing something together. Look, there are some examples. I'm going to share these two quick examples in the book of Acts. About, about what happens when the church is unified, when we come together as one, we don't let anything get in the way. You remember the disciples when Jesus told them to go and wait? I want you to go down there and I want you to wait until you receive the gift that's coming. And verse 14 of the first chapter of Acts says this, these all continued. It was a whole bunch of them, 120. These all continued with one accord. That means they were together. They, they were one accord in prayer and supplication. They were doing the same thing. One was sitting up there, you know, playing Call of Duty, and another one was playing uh, 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 football, and another one was playing uh, 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 Words with Friends, and it's not even friendly. And, and I mean, they were, they were all, no, they were all prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So what happened? They did exactly that. They came together. They were unified. They stayed in there. And then what happened? The Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. But it didn't stop there. 
Because after the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, they went out under the fire of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people got saved. What are you saying? It's not just about you. Us being unified is not just about us. But you see, when they were unified and they did what God told them to do and they operated in unity, the Holy Spirit came and they went out. Then, 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 then go to the second chapter of Acts where, we, 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 where you see the first church and jump down to, to verse 46 and 47. Here it is again. This is what it says. So they continued daily with one accord together in the temple. That means they were coming together. They're breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, having favor with all people. They were unified in praising God in the temple and with one another. Oh, they, they, were, they were all unified together. They, they cared about everybody. They want to make sure everybody's needs were met. They want to make sure everything. But then what happened? The Bible goes on to say at the end of that, 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 that verse that, that, that the Lord was beginning, was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. So, so what was happening? The unity of the body caused the church to grow. And disunity causes the body to begin to fall away, to fall off, to become stagnant. Because I can tell you, if I was a sinner and I walked into a place of worship that was disorganized and there was no unity there and there was no love, I'm not coming in there. See, it's not just about us. It's about the call of God on us. And in order for us to fully accomplish his call, we have to do things his way. That's why it's according to his will. We say that when we're hoping for something. But we don't want that when God tells us what to do. So, 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 we got to promote it. Then what else? We have to practice mutual care. Okay, what are you talking about, Pastor? That means we got to care for each other. Every part is vital. If you're hurting, if there's one part hurting, then we all should be concerned about it. Not like, well, I don't have nothing to do with that. That's their little real way. I can let them handle that. But let me ask you this. You ever had a toothache? Did it just affect your teeth? I guarantee if you had a toothache, I guarantee you it affected your whole body, your whole being. You ever had an earache? Oh my gosh, I used to have them. Boy, they put you down. They put you down. You ever had a backache? Well, I got a backache, but, but, but my head is good. No. So you understand? And so if one of us is hurting, all of us should be concerned and hurting. We shouldn't just push it to the side. Wait, wait, look, if one of us loses a loved one, and our loved ones may still be living, but we should still have compassion toward those who lose loved ones. And we should extend compassion and care and show concern and love to them. Not just say, well, I, I can't worry about that. Listen to what the scripture says. Because this is God's word. I told you we're doing, this is what the word of God says about, his, about, about being unified. In 1 Corinthians 12, 26, it says this. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, 
Every part rejoices with it. Now I'm going to focus on the suffering part first. Because sometimes we don't like to, you know, come around and, and lend ourselves to people's circumstances. Because it's going to require something of us. But that's what it means to be unified together in the body. Because you realize this, if that individual is hurt and wounded and is part of the unified body of Christ and we're trying to advance, guess what's going to happen? We got a link that's not strong to move forward. And so we got to come in and help strengthen each other so that we can walk locked arm in arm and we can advance God's kingdom in a way that we're going to accomplish what he's called us to do. We can't leave them back there. And say, oh, they, they, they can catch up. No, you don't, you don't do that. Because we won't be able to accomplish what God said. We're one body. You can't do that. If your ear is aching, you're not going to leave it home and go, home, go on, on to work. And I don't think any of you, uh, well, I don't know, I ain't going to say that, but if your tooth is aching real bad, you're not going to just snatch it out your head. So I'm taking this tooth out and leave it right here. I'll get it when I get back. It's going to stop hurting me. No, you got to take care of that thing. You got to take care of it so that your whole body can function because otherwise you're not going to be able to function. So we got to care for one another. Lastly, we got to encourage each other to participate together. If we unify, how come we don't never come together? That's why we're coming together today. We're coming together today, why? Just for community. Just, just, to, just to sit down, break bread together, just to be able to talk to somebody, share with each other, show love, encourage each other. That's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this today, because we want to just show how we can come together as one. It don't matter whether you got your shirt on or not. I'm hoping that every one of you that's here today is going to go over here and eat. Going to have some fun and games for the kids. And we're going to sit around. We're going to have a good time together. Because that's what God requires. Because we are one. We unify together. Why? We're all on the same team. One body. One spirit. One Lord. One church. One. That means you're on the same team that I'm on. Ain't no separate teams. We're all one in God. Guess what else? We all got the same enemy. So you might be talking about, oh, that's my enemy over there. Oh, no, you got one main enemy. And that's the devil. He your enemy, he my enemy. He, every believer's enemy, whoever has ever been born, ever been living, ever, those are to come. Same enemy. And so we got to understand, man, we got to do this thing together. We got to come together because... We're fighting the same battle. And it's not against each other. Yep. Sure, we're different. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves. That's the truth. But it doesn't cause us to become dis, dis, you know, walk in, in, in disunity or to, to cut people off. We love to cut people off. Or, 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 or we'll do that thing where we, we decide, well, you know, I... I 
I didn't like what was going on over there, so I'm going over here. That's what we do. That's what we do. Sadly, the only place that happens, or I'm not going to say the only place, the place that happens most consistently is in the church. That shouldn't be named. Because the moment you get offended, you slip out the back door, you go, you disappear. You don't quit your family when they offend you. You go to that same job every day. Can't stand to be there. Good morning. I'm not just talking about you. I understand. I did it too. I had some jobs. I, my wife will tell you, I couldn't stand. But I was there every day. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> but as soon as church, the place where the place where, where, where unity is so critically important, is the place where people would love to cause a gap in the unity. Why do we need to stay unified? It's only one game plan. Just the thing about God, he ain't got but one plan. See, those of you who play, play sports, play football, sometimes you can get a game plan. You got all types of stuff you got to learn. It's all types of stuff you got to do. But God ain't got but one game plan. <laughs> to go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the game plan. It's nothing else. We're supposed to represent Christ. We're supposed to be sanctified, grow in him. And we're supposed to go out because there's a harvest out there that we're supposed to go and bring in. That's the game plan. That's why the enemy wants to keep us all separated. So we won't have the power that God called us. And that God wants us, extends to us, and gives us to advance his kingdom. I, my, 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 my desire today is that if there's anyone, especially in the church, that you got a fence with, that you will mend that thing. The Bible does say that how can you say you love God who you've never seen? But you can't love your brother and your sister that you walk with every day. Those that you see every day. And so I pray today that you would mend that so that you can be unified. Because it's critical to the body of Christ. Bow your heads for a moment. Lord, we just thank you, God, that you have demonstrated to us what oneness is from the very head, from the very top. Father, Son, 
Holy Spirit being one together. And God, we realize, Lord, that, that, that your call for us, God, is to be unified through Christ. Your Spirit, God, is what keeps us, gives us the power to be able to be united together, but yet diverse, different, but yet we're still one. And God, I understand, Lord, that, 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 that God, you desire for us to be this complete body and to be a complete team in Christ Jesus. And I know, God, that your word lets us know that when we do that, God, that there's no limits to what we can accomplish in and through you. Matter of fact, Lord, I'm reminded of your script, the word, Lord, in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. This is now to him who was able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever exceedingly abundantly. That's the no limitations that you desire for us to walk in. But it requires for us to be unified together. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.